Hey, listeners. Welcome to uh, issue 15, which is uh, the exciting entrance of Craven the Hunter. Tun, tun, tun. I'm wearing a wrist brace today because I, I hurt my wrist somehow. You get to this point in your life where you're like, okay, here's here's the uh, here's sort of the chronology of being hurt as a human. Um, small child, uh, you cry, and then three minutes later, it's like nothing ever happened, um, and you never experience something that feels like a chronic industry in industry in injury. God damn it. Um, it's like you hurt your thing yesterday and now it's fine. Or maybe you have a cut and it's like, what happened? And you like reach up and touch it. Cause you're like, I don't fucking know. Then you get a little older and you experience your first couple injuries. But when I say injuries, it's like you usually bounce back from them pretty quick as well. Then you start to get a little older and you hurt yourself doing shit that you didn't even, you know, you're like getting in the car and you hurt your back somehow. You're like, what the fuck? You don't hurt yourself like, you know, I lift a huge bookshelf or carry a couch up the stairs to someone's apartment, like three floors, and I'm fine. But then like two days later, I'm getting in the car and I'm like, oh my God. Now I'm in a stage where I don't know what happened. And three days, I assume three or four days later, I just am in like the worst pain I've ever felt. Like, this just came out of nowhere. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. So anyway, I'm wearing a wrist brace, which I bring up because it's a little like like a uh, web shooter. It feels like I'm wearing a web shooter, except for, you know, this is just to help with horrible pain. And it uh, doesn't shoot webs and isn't fun and is dumb colors and will probably smell bad after like two days. Because you can't just wear something like this without it being sweaty. So on that note, issue 15, Craven the Hunter. We've got Craven on the cover in his, uh, you know, Peg Bundy pants, his leopard spot pants or cheetah prance, pants. And like his lion vest and his tiger stripe arm, arm things. Maybe they're wrist braces too. Maybe he also had an injury. Maybe he's in that later part of life. Um, in a weird belt that has like what looks like claws coming out of it. And then Spider-Man is trapped in a big net, which kind of problematic. Because think about like, why would Spider-Man be trapped in a net? Is, is a web not just the original net? I mean, have spiders been making nets forever? Did the original idea for a net come from someone watching a spider and being like, I got a fucking great idea. You know, whoever first made a net, like in some fishing village or something, I mean, it probably wasn't even a fishing village. Maybe it was. But whoever first came up with the net, people must have been like, I mean, that is a fucking life-changing invention. You've invented an industry, right? It's like, holy shit. Look at this motherfucker has figured out a way to just, he basically just pulls out everything that's in the sea except for the water. Why didn't I think of that? It's so simple, yet not. So he's in a net, but I just, I feel like uh, he should be able to just get out because ain't a web just a net. I wrote that in, in my notes as ain't a net just a web. And then I was like, 
Well, I want to switch that. But it's like, it's the same thing. Same thing both ways. I don't know why I thought it was funny one way and not the other. Um, so, you know, it's pretty standard Spider-Man story other than that. We've got Spider-Man swinging into action. We've got a pretty good when rendered butt on Spider-Man on page one. This may be an early, early butt that goes in here. And it's illustrated by Steve Ditko, by the way. Rest in peace. And it says, because Picasso was out of town. <laughs> oh, Marvel and your sense of playful humor. So anyway, Spider-Man busts some hoodlums, thugs, whatever. And uh, they all go running, except for one guy who takes a leap out of like a uh, two-story window and lands on an awning. This was like an old thing. I wonder if this is why buildings don't have awnings anymore, because they're like some idiots always trying to jump out of a fucking window, and he either misses the awning entirely or is like shocked that a piece of fabric doesn't help him. It's like, yeah, do you think you could pitch a tent on a sidewalk and then jump out of a two-story building and land on top of it? No? Okay. Because think about it. If an awning could support your weight, wouldn't you be just as fucked? I mean, would it really be that helpful? Or would you just hit it and be like, oh, that was extremely painful? But anyway, it turns out this guy's the chameleon. So he uses a funny gas to completely change his appearance. And he has like an extendable telescoping cane. So then he's like, now I just look like some old man. And Spider-Man's like, well, shit, that's not him. So the chameleon makes his getaway. And he's in his like lair. And he's got this hilarious like chill out area in his lair. So he's in a big chair. He's in he's wearing the robe over pajamas thing like he's fucking Hugh Hefner. Uh yellow robe over purple pajamas by the way. And like the pajamas also seem to have some kind of a scarf, you know, so his neck is also covered. I just that whole look is so funny to me. And the only place I've seen this look replicated in modern parlance is in sitcoms like Big Bang Theory. They're always walking around in top and bottom pajamas with a robe on, which I was like, is that, is that a thing? And he's also sitting here with like a drink and a cigarette. And, you know, on the wall around him is all these masks, which would probably be terrifying in real life, but whatever. He's the chameleon, so I guess that's what he does. But yeah, it's, it's just a great, like, I'm just going to hang out, hang out here. And then he's like, I know, and he's doing his best thinking. He's like, I do my best thinking when I'm comfy. And then he comes up with the idea. He's like, I'll bring Craven the Hunter here to fuck up Spider-Man. So Craven the Hunter shows up on a big boat. For some reason, I guess he must have come straight from somewhere. Because he's like, I'm here to hunt the most dangerous game of all. I'll leave that to a surprise for you, what that is. But then like some kind of cage breaks open and these giant apes are on the loose. Um, I guess Craven brought them. There's also like cobras. So he's like throwing them in a barrel and then he's like beating up these apes. He punches one ape into submission, which by the way, I don't know how you feel about animal violence and whatnot, but someone who could punch a gorilla into submission that probably is a super, super powered individual. I'm like, that actually is pretty impressive. Like with one punch, he takes, he takes a gorilla down. If somebody did that in real life, they would be, 
that would be the most YouTubeable YouTube of all time. Controversial, because again, a guy's punching a gorilla, but you know, if he just had to and he punched it with some kind of weird nerve punch and then it was like whatever, then he takes another gorilla and lifts it over his head. I mean, crazy. So anyway, that's that's his little like, okay, I'm craving the hunter, I'm on the scene. So he goes to talk to the chameleon. The chameleon's like, here's some shit about Spider-Man. Don't underestimate him. But, you know, he's like, yeah, with one punch, I can stop the charge of a bull elephant. And I'm like, it might actually be true. So he watches Spider-Man. He kind of stalks him to see, you know, whether or not he would make a, a good pr- good prey. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they have like an initial tangle. This is another early comic thing is like, here's the pattern. The new villain shows up. They impress with their skills. Then they have a minor tangle with the superhero, you know, and then they have a major tangle with the superhero, which may be the end of the issue or in these older, much longer issues, it's uh, they have a major one where the hero then loses and then they have their final battle. And so Craven is pumped because Spider-Man is a much more difficult opponent than he thought. Which is, this is part of what makes Craven a good villain, because he's just basically like, I'm just looking for a challenge. I don't, I have nothing against Spider-Man as a person. We don't have to come up with some fake thing where it's like, he stole my this or whatever. He's just like, well, what I like to do is hunt things that are difficult. And uh, there you go. I wonder if Craven would be a, a controversial figure, because... He would make an interesting case because like, all right, part of the thing that I think we don't like when people go on safari and shit is it's like, I mean, you're driving around in a Jeep and then you shoot a lion from like a million feet away, like big fucking deal. That's not really that difficult. But if Craven is like, I went out and I hunted an elephant for its ivory, but I defeated it in hand to hand combat. I don't know. That's like a different thing because it's like, well, yeah, what is this guy supposed to do? It's not like he could get his jollies wrestling somebody. You know what I mean? Like, how is he supposed to find his physical match if he's punching down an elephant? It would be it would be an interesting uh, moral quandary. Like, is what he's doing wrong? I mean, he's doing it for sport, but isn't everybody who's hunting to an extent doing it for sport? I don't know. So anyway, this is what I like about Craven, though. He's pumped. Then we get some particularly witchy-looking panels of Aunt May telling him about, like, you need to find a good, a good woman and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, her, she's arranged a date with uh, Anna Watson's niece, who Peter Parker is like, oh, boy. You know, I can't wait to meet this niece. It's probably going to be some fool that I don't even like. I probably won't hit the jackpot tiger at all. There's just this one panel, though, where Aunt May just looks like fucking Willem Dafoe. They should have not cast Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. They should have cast him as Aunt May, according to this panel. So anyway, then they have their big fight. There's a great uh, Peter Parker holding a Daily Bugle with giant text that says, Defeat of Spider-Man imminent, says Craven. And the text is so big. I mean, this is like size 85 font. 
Um, and it's also looks pretty close to a Comic Sans type font. By the way, there's Comic Sans font, but there's also Comic with Serif, Comic Serif font. Just so you know, Comic Sans is about Sans Serif. I don't think we think about that too much. And Comic Serif, not great. Not bad, but not great. I'm not a big Comic Sans detractor because I think that's the easiest font to hate on. Um, I hate some of the other fonts far more. But that's for a different podcast. That's for Font Talk, uh, which you'll find never. So anyway, and it's also good because like the newspaper doesn't even have a picture. But beneath the fold, above the fold is just Daily Bugle and then Defeat of Spider-Man imminent says Craven. <laughs> No picture of Spider-Man. It's a crazy newspaper. Also, Craven Sp- keeps drinking some bizarre potion from some giant bottle, but whatever. So they have their showdown in the park um, where they're kind of Craven stalking Spider-Man. He traps him in the net, but Spider-Man escapes from a net because it's like, well, duh. And then it's like there's two Cravens. Um, one's playing loud drums to distract Spider-Man. And then Craven puts this thing on him that's actually kind of interesting. It's a um, uh, bracelet that goes around his wrist and an ankle bracelet around his ankle. And they're magnets, so it's like pulling his one arm and one leg together to kind of, you know, disable him, to hobble him. Which I was like, oh, this is actually a good idea. Like, this is an interesting, a different way of, you know, capturing someone or doing something weird. That would probably work on 90% of people, though it doesn't work on the amazing Spider-Man. He kind of comically hops away, but then he somehow figures out that if he just covers his manacles in web peopleicles, excuse me, in liquid web fluid, that keeps them from magnetizing, so then he can fight Kraven normal style. So first he fights what he thinks is Craven and turns out to be the chameleon, who's again in his robe and pajamas and stuff, which I was like, dude, first of all, shouldn't you be dressed like Craven? Secondly, that's like that is not a stepping out to fight Spider-Man in the park outfit, buddy. You gotta keep you gotta keep your home stuff for home, your relaxing clothes for relaxing, and your work clothes for work. That way when you go home and it's time to relax, you have something to you know, you can put that shit on. It's nice. It's a treat for yourself. But if you just always are in relax mode all the time, it doesn't help. So then they fist fight. Um, There's a great ad for camouflage paint in here, which I'm like, oh, that's appropriate. And then ultimately, Craven gets trapped in a giant web, almost the same way the criminal did earlier, you know, which was made in a doorway. This was just made between two trees. And they're like, cool. Also, the cops got the chameleon. Who's like, I haven't done anything. Craven is the one you want. He's been trying to hunt human beings. It's kind of, this is a weird moment in Spider-Man history, though, because Craven is, like, hunting Spider-Man, and everyone's like, that's not legal. But then he's just doing it anyway, and also, is that illegal? Would that be illegal to hunt a Spider-Man? Because everyone's like, you can't hunt a human being, but everyone's like, I don't know, is he human? Who fucking knows? You know, short time later, they have mutants and they have built robots to hunt those guys. What's the fucking difference? So anyway, the date with uh, Miss Watson's niece gets canceled. Mrs. Watson. So there you go. And uh, Peter Parker is happy about it because he's just like, oh, thank God. I didn't want to. I didn't want to see this 
what's likely to be somebody I don't even like. What are, What is this going to be? The love of my life? Give me a fucking break, huh? And there you go. But then he gets out of the date. Because I guess she's just not available or whatever. This is kind of, it's kind of a funny joke. And I don't know how planned out this was. It seems like it was quite planned out that it was like, Peter Parker is dreading this Mary Jane character. And then it turns out like, holy shit. Should not have been avoiding her this whole time. Turns out I was making, I should have listened to my old aunt Willem Dafoe and just gone out with this girl. All right, everybody. Well, that's the end through 15 issues next time got a little surprise for you issue 16 can you believe it that that's where we're headed next uh thanks for listening tell your friends review on itunes he climbs a tree just like a vine look out